Ladies and gentlemen, MLS Week 4 Weekly Recap. We are going to discuss all of the action from CCL in the quarterfinals, setting up some crazy good matchups in the semifinals coming up later on, as well as all of the MLS action. We're also going to look ahead to the CONCACAF World Cup qualifiers final window. All that and more on this episode, Sons of a Pitch Soccer Central. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, turn on that bell, and let's get into it right after the intro. What a week of soccer we had. Some crazy results in CCL. Some even crazier results during the MLS week. MLS week four. My God, MLS never disappoints, does it? Always crazy results. Always teams that you think are going to win, don't win, and vice versa. Man, some crazy, crazy stuff. I lost a lot of money this week on my bets from MLS, my picks and predictions. Thank God we have the CONCACAF World Cup qualifiers coming up because I need a break from MLS. It's been a rough, rough way here for picks and predictions lately. All right, so let's get right into it here. Starting out with the CCL going back to Tuesday, March 15th. New York City goes down to Comunicaciones trying to get a result and move on to the semifinals of that tournament. New York City, 31st minute, Tati Castellanos, goal, boom. You're like, okay, we got this, right? It's it's done. It's dusted. Whoa, whoa, not so fast. Not so fast. Communicaciones starts the comeback with a goal from Lescano. Talismano adds another goal. Two away goals for New York City. You're like, oh, this tie is over. Over. They've got two away goals. They've got that on their back now. Communicaciones is going to have to score five goals to come through and win. Well, damn, New York City had to hold on for dear life. At the end of that match, goals from Samoya, Garcia, and Contreras. And Contreras in the 88th minute, it was tied 5-5 on aggregate. And New York City had to hold on to pull the victory. And they did. They hold on by the skin of their teeth. That enamel was just kind of... They were just hanging by that enamel there. But they got it, and uh, that's what matters. All that matters is New York City is now in the semifinals of the CCL. And uh, who are they going to face? It's a matchup there between Seattle and Lyon. Seattle had that big-time lead. We'll talk about that game in a minute. But New York City, they get the job done. They move forward in the competition. Congratulations, NYCFC fans. Your team's in the semifinals. All right, next up, Montreal Cruz Azul. Montreal heads into this one down one goal in aggregate. A great performance for Montreal in the Estadio Azteca against Cruz Azul in the first leg, only losing 1-0. They come home. They think, hey, there's a good chance. This is this could set up an all-MLS. This could be, like, we could have four teams in MLS in the semifinals guaranteeing a win for MLS this year, right? Wrong. Montreal could not complete the comeback at home. A goal from Uriel Antuna in the 44th minute. Cruz Azul goes up 2-0 at that point. Gets that away goal, which would prove to be very, very important. Montreal gets a goal back in the 79th minute from Camacho. And uh, that's not enough for Montreal. They lose 2-1 on aggregate. They would have had to score at least two more on Cruz Azul. 
I watched this one. It didn't look good for Montreal. It was not one of their best performances. But uh, going up against a team like Cruz Azul, it's tough. So this was the one matchup that we figured we wouldn't have as MLS fans going into the uh, semifinals. But then we moved on to the Pumas-New England game. And what an epic collapse by the New England Revolution. They lose in penalty kicks to Pumas. Pumas in New England. We did that game live here on Sons of a Pitch Soccer Central. And my God, it was all New England Revs at Gillette Stadium. There was some snow. Carlos Hill wasn't complaining yet about the snow. They won 3-0 over Pumas. You're thinking, oh, it's done. They just got to go down to Pumas, get one away goal. They'll put it away. It's over. You can't collapse like that, right? Wrong. Well, they did collapse because MLS going MLS. That's the theme of the season so far in MLS. You're getting teams that have no business winning matches, winning matches, and you got the CCL collapses down in Mexico. So Pumas with goals from Deneno in the 33rd and 49th minute, and my good friend Bofo Saucedo with a goal in the 59th minute. Bofo, former RSL man, came up through RSL's system, went to Mexico to Pumas because RSL wouldn't play him, and uh, he's done well. He's done well. And I'll never forget that like third episode of Sons of a Pitch Soccer uh, podcast with Nick. And we were talking about Bofo and that name. And uh, God bless that name. All right. So Pumas with the victory in penalties 4-3 over New England. New England, I'm telling you, man, I'm sorry, but Edwards is not the answer in goal. I know Turner, Matt Turner's hurt, but they're going to have to get used to not playing with him because he's going to Arsenal in the summer. So uh, New England has a big time question mark at the back. Giving up those three goals to Pumas at home, not being able to score, that's trouble. And then in penalties, they go down. Pumas moves on to the semifinals. This was one we, as MLS fans, pretty much had in the book. But it didn't work. Didn't work out. Next, the last one. Seattle led 3-0 heading down to Lyon. This one you're thinking, all right, Seattle's got this. Well, they did hold on. Seattle was able to take care of business down in Lyon. A goal from Freddie Montero put the tie out of reach. The away goal, it was 4-0 Seattle. That was done and dusted. Lyon gets a goal in stoppage time from Ambrise. Not enough for Club Lyon. They're out. Seattle moves on. So that sets us up. An all-MLS semifinal on one bracket and an all-Liga MX semifinal on the other bracket. So we're guaranteed to have an MLS team in the CCL final. So that is exciting in and of itself. But I was really, really hoping to have all four teams in MLS be in those semifinals. Guarantee the winner for MLS. But it's not to be done. But I'll tell you, there's some guy. He's a pretty smart guy. And this is what kind of made me feel better about my horrible week with picks and predictions was how I did with the CCL picks and predictions. And uh, we had a comment this morning, actually, on my video. It was like, dude, you have like a sports almanac or something? Your, your, your predictions are insanely accurate. Well, here you go. Taking it back, here's a screenshot of my video that I did on the CCL preview. And uh, here they are. The semifinal picks. I picked it exactly how it went. The only picks that I missed was Colorado and Comunicaciones, and then Santos Laguna and Montreal. Every other pick was correct, and my semifinals are correct. Now, hopefully I'm wrong in that main pick of having Cruz Azul lift the trophy, uh, because I think we could see MLS get it done. But there you go. There's my picks. New York City and Seattle Sounders in the semis on one side, and Pumas. Cruz Azul and the other. That's how we look going in to the semifinals coming up later on in the season. 
All right, now let's get to our MLS action starting out on Saturday. Cincinnati and Miami. FC Cincinnati, hello. Good morning. Cincinnati, wow, I'm impressed. They were so bad. They got blown out by Austin, right? You're thinking, oh, man, Cincinnati's going to be another rough year for them. They lose that heartbreaker. Um, and you're thinking, oh, man, this is just this is going to be a rough season for Cincinnati. No. It was not. It was not. Because look at Cincinnati go. Big victories over the last couple of weeks, all thanks to Brandon Vasquez showing up. Miami, what a tire fire. Oh, my God. Inter Miami. What the hell is going on down there? You got to get rid of Phil Neville, man. That dude is horrible. Horrible coach. I mean, this team, it, it, they're getting blown out every week. Doesn't matter who they're playing. They're getting blown out. Outside of that game against Chicago, uh, in Miami in that season opener, Miami has looked like complete and utter garbage. But I want to talk more about Cincinnati. These fans deserve it. Hopefully, it can continue. Cincinnati, yeah, they beat Miami. They're a bad team. But still, let's take what we can get, Cincinnati fans. And uh, God, I hope it continues for you guys. Because ever since, that, that atmosphere was great. At that game, I went to a TQL stadium. It happened to be the first win for Cincinnati at TQL stadium. But uh, Cincinnati, a, I mean, that, that the fans are awesome. The stadium's awesome. They have it all there except for a winner on the field. They've gone through hell. Three straight wooden spoons. Hopefully, this is not the year for number four. Uh, goals. Two goals by Brandon Vasquez. Back-to-back -back weeks by Vasquez with goals with braces. And uh, let me tell you something. Brandon Vasquez, I watched that first matchup, and I'm like, dude, this guy couldn't finish for nothing. I said a little, little bit of bad words about him, saying he's not... He's not what he was supposed to be. He's not panning out to his potential. And uh, then he said, you know what, Mike? I'm going to shut you up. And he did. Back-to-back -back weeks with two goals. Well done to Brandon Vasquez. He uh, He's creating chances. He's he's bagging them now. And uh, look out. Cincinnati might be able to, uh, you know, play around and not finish in the worst, uh, worst spot. Now, do I expect him to be a playoff team in the East? Maybe, maybe not. The East is kind of a mess. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Cincinnati will take what we can get and moving forward. So, uh, Cincy, great win. Moving on to New York City and Philadelphia. Now, this is one that New York City fans are going to want to forget. The game at Yankee Stadium. Philly comes in. And smash and grab takes the 2-0 victory. Bedoya and Gazdag, the goals for New York City. And, uh, man, what a crazy result here. I was talking to DSO at Talk NYCFC, and he was like, oh, yeah, man, look out, Mike. We, we got this. We're going to win this game. Coming back from Guatemala with that game against Municaciones, we're, we're going to be fine. Uh, no, not so much. Not so much. New York City did not look good in this one. They did hold the possession, though, 73% possession 18 total shots but only three on goal for new york city there's there's your problem uh philadelphia though 26 percent possession and you uh you know and your passing accuracy of 51 percent and you walk out with a two nothing victory not too shabby from philadelphia as they uh they, they continue to kind of get a little bit better here through the season they started out a little rough now they're looking a little bit better so nycfc who cares? It's early in the season. You're focusing on CCL. Not a big deal. NYCFC's got bigger fish to fry. They've got that semifinal matchup going up against Seattle in the CCL. Trying to get to the CCL final. Have a chance to be that first team to ever win CCL in its current format as an MLS side over a League MX side. 
That's more important than these uh, than these results early in the season for a team like New York City. At least I think so. So if I'm an NYCFC fan, so brother BKL and uh, DSO and Daniel Young, don't worry about it, y'all. It's fine. It's still early. Still early. All right, moving along, the next game up, Toronto and D.C. United. Thanks to everybody that came over to Ryan's channel and was uh, hanging out with myself and Ryan doing the uh, the live for this one. It was really nice to watch a game and just uh, truly sit back and enjoy a TFC game. It's been a long time since I've done that. Uh, so big shout out to Ryan for having me on there. Appreciated my man while I was running those streams on Toronto Sports Insider, uh, which were just uh, TSI's blowing up over there, guys. Um, so I, uh, you know, the March Madness tournament, I got to take uh, take advantage of that, and it was bogging down my PC, so I couldn't run a live. But we'll be back next weekend with the uh, with the Concacaf. World Cup qualifiers coming up. Oh, yeah. But anyways, back to that. We'll talk about the qualifiers towards the end of this episode. Back to TFC's dismantling of DC United. And I say that because TFC dominated this game. Now, the stats don't look like that. Uh, 50% possession, even possession. Total shots 12-9 to for DC. Shots on goal 6-5 to for TFC. Uh, the passing accuracy was not great for both sides, 73 and 72.7% respectively. But this game, watching it, it was all... TFC in this one. Goals from Pozuelo and, and Jonathan Osorio. Two goals. DC gets the goal from Russell Knauss in the 10th minute. A huge defensive lapse for TFC. Uh, poor uh, poor Petrasso got left on out in an island out there in the middle by himself. Uh, the center backs were out of position on that one. And uh, outside of literally the first 30 seconds and then that goal in the 10th minute, it was all TFC the rest of the match. Outside of maybe the last five minutes, when DC was really pushing hard to get that uh, to get that equalizer, but uh, a good result from TFC. This is a work in progress from TFC. They're getting better every single week. You can see the improvement week after week. Now the back three, I think that is important for TFC. They've got to continue on with that as long as they've got Mavinga as long uh, healthy, as long as they've got Salcedo healthy, as long as they have Shane O'Neill, Lucas McNaughton. Uh, they've got to keep that back three in shape there, uh, and and let me tell you, TFC, if they can continue on, if they can continue to get better week after week, DC is not a great team, so don't don't think that we're going to win everything go, going through here, but TFC uh, definitely looking good, and the improvement is there from Bob Bradley, so I'm excited to see what that looks like come June before Lorenzo shows up and some other signings which are rumored to happen. Now, just on, on the TFC front, as far as those big signings go, Belotti, who's been rumored to be a TFC target. They've been, oh, he's, he's, they're going to get him, then they're not going to get him, and they're going to get him, and they're not going to get him. Well, he wants to go to AC Milan. AC Milan says, nope, not happening. We're going after a Liverpool man, Origi. Uh, so, Belotti, it's not going to happen. What he wants isn't going to happen. So, will he take that TFC contract? I don't know if we want him there, if he doesn't want to be there. But, chances are, Belotti may end up in TFC Red come the summertime uh, when they bring over Lorenzo Insigne and Domenico Crescito as well. All right, so moving on from this one to one of the biggest surprises of the weekend, LA Galaxy falls flat on their face against Orlando City. Facundo Torres, the goal in the ninth minute for Orlando City. It's funny, I, I kind of flirted with putting my big free bet out there. I got a free bet of 100 bucks from DraftKings. Figured, you know what? We'll do it on an MLS game. Let's pick a big favorite, right? LA Galaxy against Orlando. Orlando's been struggling. Has not looked good. Galaxy, they do. Wrong. 
it's a good thing I didn't put that bet on there because uh, LA Galaxy just did not show up in this one. Orlando, the victory at Dignity Health Sports Park. Crazy, crazy result when you think about it. Uh, possession 63% to 37% for LA Galaxy. Total shots 20-6. to 6. Shots on goal 3-2. to 2. Now, the passing accuracy was there for LA Galaxy and for Orlando, but uh, LA Galaxy just could not find the back of the net. They could not get those shots on target, and that was the difference in this game. So, uh, sorry to LA fans. you got, you got to be able to hit the back of the net if you want to win games in MLS. Overall, not the end of the world for LA Galaxy. They've had, still had a decent start to the season. Orlando, maybe this will turn them back on the right track after a few disappointing results in recent weeks. Atlanta, Montreal. Whoa, what a game this was. Here's Atlanta, a big favorite over Montreal. Montreal playing in CCL midweek. Atlanta at the Benz. They're always a good team at the Benz. And then Montreal opens up after Atlanta gets the first goal. Joseph Martinez in the sixth minute. And then you're thinking, oh, okay, okay. Atlanta's going to roll. Wrong. Montreal, Mihailovic, Kone, and Kyoto. Three goals, 3-1 at the half. Montreal with a huge lead over Atlanta. MLS going MLS, y'all. That's how it goes. Then in the 67th minute, former TFC man Dom Dwyer picks up the red. But that doesn't matter. Atlanta still with two goals. Tiago Almada, the new signing, the big-time signing, record transfer fee in MLS, gets his first goal in MLS in the 85th minute. And then Brooks Lennon, Atlanta does it again. Another stoppage time equalizer. Last week was a winner over Charlotte. And Atlanta somehow scrapes out a point against Montreal when down a man. So impressive comeback there from Atlanta United. But don't let it get there. Why are they letting it get there? Uh, big shout out to a new Wiseman. Was at the uh, at the game there. Sent me over some pictures. I didn't get a chance to get them loaded in here uh, for the recap. But met some uh, met some cool people. Met, got a picture with uh, Darren Ailes, the uh, Atlanta United president, as well as with Tiffany Haddish, uh, who is I believe one of the color commentators for uh, the Atlanta United uh, local broadcast. And uh, Real cool, Anu, so I appreciate you sending those over. I'm sorry I couldn't get them into the uh, into the, the broadcast here today. But uh, 3-3, Atlanta, Montreal, a draw. Good result for Montreal on the road, though. But they'll feel like they should have had all three points in this one. Next up, Chicago Fire, Kansas City. Sporting Kansas City gets blown out by the Fire. 3-1 from Soldier Field. Shabilko opens his Fire account with a brace. 30th minute and 82nd. And Shakiri opens his account for the fire as well in the 50th minute from the spot. Kansas City's only goal, Roger Espinosa in the 56th minute. And, uh, man, Chicago fire. Looking good. Looking real good. Yeah, what do you think, Spitting Fire? What do you think? Uh, you excited about this? The fire looking pretty damn good, man. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. They, they, they beat Kansas City, a totally different team on the road than they are at home. Let's not forget that. But uh, Chicago, three goals. Shabilko scoring, Shakiri scoring. That bodes very well for the Chicago Fire. Uh, so a good win. That was actually one of, uh, part of my parlay pick. I threw on a second parlay this week, and uh, this was the first leg of that. So uh, it was a lot of fun hanging out on Spitting Fire's uh, broadcast for this one. If you guys have not checked out Spitting Fire yet, his YouTube channel, he just hit 1,000 subs. Go check it out. A lot of fun for these fire reactions. Lots of good fire news. And then... 
We also have our regular podcast update. John Donovan is going to bring you his fire update here on the podcast side. So we're going to take a short break here on the YouTube side and the podcast side. John will bring you his update and he'll talk all about this one. So if you're a Fire fan, make sure you download that regular podcast episode from your favorite podcast episode as well. And a big shout out to Skira, the sponsors here, as you can see right below me. So we'll take that break. We'll be right back to finish off the MLS games and talk about the World Cup qualifiers. This MLS Weekly Recap is sponsored by Skira, Icelandic spring water, available at your local 7-Eleven. Icelandic for clear, Skira water comes from a spring in a nature preserve in Iceland with naturally low mineral content. This isn't your average water. Clearly, yes, pun intended, it's one of the best. Get some Skira today at your local 7-Eleven. And now it's time for our weekly Chicago Fire Update, brought to you by John Donovan. Take it away, John. Mike, John Donovan here. I I can't believe it, Mike. Uh, Covering the Chicago Fire and the MLS, a little bit of the MLS. The Fire won again, and in this game, they played at home in bad weather. Small crowd, but they dominated this game, Mike. Um, You know, the MLS, it's interesting to watch the MLS. It's so balanced, and it's restrictions on spending, which you've talked quite a bit about with the CONCACAF Cup tournament, is so delicate that if a team does not have their DPs ready ready to go, um, it really affects the game. And, And in this instance... The fire had everybody, every starter was out there. Every DP was out there. Uh, Kansas City was without three of their DPs. And you just see that they did not have the talent on the floor to compete with the fire. Um, to start out with, Mike, i just excited to key, see Casper Shabilko score. I mean, they, they were nice scores. They, they, um, the goalie from Kansas City had a rough game. No doubt about that. But Kansas City didn't develop any offense. I mean, they had Polito on the uh, on their squad from Mexico. That has not worked out. I think he had a knee operation or something. Um, Kata from um, Israel, he wasn't out there. So, I mean, it just – the t- Kansas City team is not going to do well this year. I love their coach, love their fans down there. But, you know, without those DPs performing, it's a long evening, Mike. Um, the fire on the fire side, uh, Shabilko scored two, and it really, it um, it really opened up well. Uh, Herbers made some really nice plays in there. You know, um, it, just just the team looks strong. I think that Ezra, although as I said in other uh, shows that I wasn't in favor of Ezra, I really wanted uh, anti Razov because of his popularity in Chicago, but. Ezra is the man. I mean, he started out with a lineup and he's sticking with that lineup until uh, he's proven wrong or I I would assume somebody gets hurt, but he hasn't made uh, a change. He's got the same uh, substituting system. Brian Gutierrez is the first off the bench who's playing very well. I mean, the young man is going to be a real star, but the, um, that everybody on the field played well, Mike, Uh, you know, that one of the biggest problems for any team that's going to play the fire is you've got a defense that really is clicking. Olmsberg is, you know, he sat on the bench. The young man has played Dartmouth and he, he was played for the Madison squad. He's played in the USL. 
And he finally got this shot because somebody got hurt. I think it was Tehran got hurt. And we haven't seen Tehran even close to the field because Olmsberg has played lights out. I mean, they have three and a half games um, without a goal against them. So playing well, um, you know, between the German, Sheznov and uh, and Olmsberg, I mean, it is rough going between the middle of the fire. They both are playing with a lot of confidence. Um, and then nice to say is that Jimenez had probably the best game he's played for the fire. Him and Pineda, they don't – well, Jimenez did not stop. He ran right to the end. I don't know whether he's going to be able to do that all the time, but they do have um, Federico Navarro sitting there on the bench who can go. So the Fire are a very interesting team. Believe it or not, Mike, they're in second place. Can you conceive that, the Fire in second place? And up and above that, they've got this kid from um, Mexico, from the Atlas squad, who's probably dying to get out of that that neighborhood after that horrible game. Um, where 17 people were killed. I mean, that is a disgrace, Mike. I can't believe the Mexican League even didn't suspend the whole season for that d- disaster. So, um, but when that young man comes up, it's going to add a lot of speed. Um, they'll have a good substitute on the side. Uh, I just like the way Ezra is coaching. You know, you got to have control. Last year, Wiki did not have control of that team. And this year, an example is Duran, who has a lot of skill, kid from Colombia. Um, I noticed last year that he had, I think it's 13 yellow cards in 19 games. And that that is not playing with your brain. He comes up here. Uh, Ezra put him out twice as a substitute and about the, had about 15 minutes to go in both games. And what does he do? He gets two yellow cards. So he has not, su- I don't know whether he's suited up, but he has not seen the field in two games. I mean, uh, he's using Gutierrez. He's going to use Bornstein up front. He was going to put on Canes on before he put on this supposed superstar, Duran. So Ezra is doing a good job of managing the squad. I really admire it. I like the defense is good. The midfield is good. The the forwards, you know, I think with the addition of um, this young man from Mexico, Torres, the team is really going to be good. Let's cross our fingers. Nobody gets hurt. We do have some bench players that can play. So, you know, I, I, it's such a change for me. For the last 12 years, I've been so down on the fire, and suddenly they've made a big change. So let's all uh, be happy for this team, and then let's also pray for the Ukraine. This, this nightmare of a war and all those people, 3 million people off, homeless. Oh, Lord, pray for those poor people. Take care, Mike. Um, Looking forward to next week. Bye. All right. Thank you, John. Appreciate that update. Keep up the good work, sir. Let's move on to the Bank of America Stadium. Charlotte FC beats New England Revolution 3-1. 3-1. Charlotte gets their first victory in MLS. They got the draw last week at Atlanta. They came home and beat New England who came back off that devastating loss from Pumas. I hope that doesn't ruin their season because a loss like that, a comeback loss in CCL, and then coming right back and losing to Charlotte, the expansion team, that may uh, that may derail things for the Revs, but I think Bruce Arena will be good enough to, uh, to not let that happen. Now, that's enough talk about New England. Let's talk about Charlotte FC. The expansion team gets their first victory. Congratulations. Swinerski opens up his account. 
as Isaiah says, the fake striker. I say he whines too much, but uh, hey, he got two goals in this one. Six minute, 57th minute, a great shot from outside the box. And uh, Bender, looking good. Young man, first overall pick in the draft, looks uh, looks real strong. Gets the goal in the 64th, and it was all Charlotte FC. Big time win. They look good in this one. From what I saw, I didn't watch the entire game, but from what I saw, a very, very good match from Charlotte FC. So uh, look out, man. Maybe they're not just the easy rollover anymore. All right, some people are like, oh, we got Charlotte, we got the expansion team, it's an easy win. Maybe not, not so fast. They're starting to improve. They're starting to play better better together. Maybe, from the words of the coach, we're screwed. Maybe they're not so screwed anymore. All right, let's take a look here at the lineups. Here's, here's my problem with New England, okay? New England, in the offseason, when they signed Omar Gonzalez, former TFC man who looked like he was running in cement shoes, I figured, oh, yeah, that's a good signing for New England. That's a good signing. A good depth piece to bring in off the bench. Play maybe 20, 30 minutes a game. Not start. Omar Gonzalez has been starting every single week, and uh, he's not good enough to play in MLS anymore. Josie Altador with the start up top. Are you kidding me? Josie Altador starting? Nah. He's another depth piece. Now, I understand they didn't have, uh, they did not have, what's his face? Um, Adam Buxa. In the uh, in the ele- or the eighteen, but dude, Josie Altador should not be starting. He doesn't have it anymore. He's he's just not there. But Charlotte, looking good. Swiderski with the two goals. Rios, Bender, they're young, they're inexperienced, um, but hey, they're 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 looking a lot better, playing a lot better together. So uh, look out for Charlotte, y'all. Look out for Charlotte. Maybe maybe they can start going on a run here and uh, maybe fight for a playoff position this year. It would definitely be good to see. Next up, Minnesota San Jose, Luis Amaria in the 32nd minute. The victory for Minnesota United over the struggling Quakes, man. How much longer does Matias Almeida have on that San Jose bench? I can't see it lasting much longer. I really can't. Um, Minnesota, they look good. They look very good. They, They got that draw on opening week at Philly. They've played well ever since then. Uh, this team looks uh, looks a lot better than I expected this season, so I was definitely wrong on Minnesota United. San Jose, God, what a mess. What a mess. This was the second leg of my second parlay that hit. Thank God. If that did, if that parlay didn't hit for me, this second parlay, I would have been so screwed this week. But, uh, man, Minnesota, one nothing victory. Luis Samaria, good goal. Look out for Minnesota in the West. I think they're definitely going to make a push at one of those playoff positions. Next up, Dallas and Portland. FC Dallas with a resounding 4-1 victory over the Timbers. Whew! Rocky, what happened to your boys, man? That was a rough game. Rough game. Dallas, Jesus Ferreira. Three goals. Hattie in 36 minutes. Yes, the DP, Jesus Ferreira, gets the hat trick. A lot of talk about Jesus Ferreira. Did he make the wrong decision sticking in MLS? Signing that DP contract? Should he have gone over to Europe and followed the footsteps of Ricardo Pepe? Well... Right now, I think from a USMNT perspective, and we'll get into this hopefully towards the end of the end of the show, Ferreira, I'd start Ferreira over Pepe right now in a heartbeat because Pepe is not playing well in Augsburg from what I'm hearing. Haven't watched any of the games, but uh, he's not getting a lot of minutes and he's not producing, he's not in form. But Jesus Ferreira is a three three goals in 10 minutes. Pretty damn impressive. Paul Ariola gets the fourth goal to seal it. It's done and over with. And he's go up with one for Portland. And uh, Dallas, good victory for them. 
I think Dallas is going to be sneakily good this year. With Alan Velasco, with Ferreira, with Areola, I think Dallas is going to be a good team. I did pick them to make the playoffs. I expect them, but it's it's going to be tough. The West, there's a lot more good teams in the West that are fighting for those spots. But good job to Dallas. Good victory at home. They move on to next week in a pretty decent position as of their recent results. Next up, Houston, Colorado. 1-1 draw. A goal from Tyler Pasher in the 90th minute. Ties it up after Colorado opens the day with the goal from, who else? Mark Anthony K. In the midfield, 42nd minute. And Colorado, you're thinking, oh, they're, they're, they're cruising along to that 1-0 victory at Houston. Poor Houston. They just got, they're just not a good team. Nope. Houston comes through, gets the goal. Tyler Pasher, man. That kid has bounced around from Indy 11, USL sides. Now he's playing in Houston. Gets a goal, big goal, and uh, ties it up. So at least pulls a point out of this one for Houston. Colorado probably going to be disappointed. They could not hold on and finish this one off. But uh, overall, a draw in the West. Kind of what we expected here um, with, with that matchup. RSL and Nashville. RSL, Bobby Wood in the second minute. Schmidt in the 54th, Zimmerman in the 25th for Nashville, and Dax McCarty picks up a nasty red card at the end of the game. This was the third and final leg of my big three-team parlay that hit. Um, Salt Lake, Adam Lowe, brother, you are on fire, man. Your boys are on fire, too. You said you got to start picking RSL, Mike. I did, and I'm glad I did. I'm glad I listened to you, man, because uh, even though I picked him uh, to, to win the uh, or to make the playoffs in the West, I still was apprehensive, but uh, even against Nashville, my pick to go to MLS Cup Final out of the West. A great victory for RSL. Now, Dax McCarty, I've never seen something like this from Dax McCarty. I've watched this guy for a long, long time, since 2007, 2008, when I really started following the league, and I have never seen dirty play like this from Dax McCarty. He's gotten in some scuffles. He's a hustler. He's a fighter. But I have never seen anything dirty come out from this man unlike this. This was really, really dirty, really nasty. He was pissed, man. He he picked up a yellow a few minutes before that, and he was hot. Goes down into the corner, pushes over the RSL player, Bodie Davis, and then just winds up and kicks him right in the chest. It was nasty. And uh, he did come out and apologize afterwards. So good on Dax McCarty for apologizing. Doesn't make it okay. He'll probably pick up a couple more games from Disco, at least I would expect, because uh, it was a straight red uh, from from Pencil. And, uh, you know, I, I can't, I mean, Disco came back and suspended Carlos Salcedo from TFC for a tackle that got looked at by VAR and didn't even get called a red card in the game by VAR. So, I expect Disco to hand out at least a two, maybe three game suspension for Dax McCarty because it was horrendous. Even though he apologized, maybe they'll leave it at two or maybe knock it down to one. But I expect them to still do some work there. Disappointed in that for Nashville, but uh, RSL, big victory. I'm happy for Real Salt Lake. This team looks good, man. They look really good. Not a lot of big names, not a ton of talent on this team, but man, they just find a way to get the W. And that's what it takes. Pick up the three points and move on. We move on to Sunday's matchups. New York Red Bulls and Columbus Crew, a 1-1 draw. Barlow in the 84th minute. Nagby in the 95th minute gets the tie. 0-0 game through 84 minutes, y'all. This was a uh, pretty boring game to watch. But then at the end, 
it lit up. And Barlow gets the goal for New York. You're thinking, oh, three points for the Red Bulls. Here we go. Nope, not happening. Red Bulls lose it. Well, don't lose it, but they, they lose the three points, go down to one. Darlington Nagby in stoppage time gets it done. Columbus, they got to be happy with that point since they were looking at getting zero. So uh, great result there for uh, for Columbus on the road, getting the draw against New York Red Bulls. All right, next up, Austin and Seattle, a 1-1 draw. Will Bruin the goal for Seattle. Diego Fagundes the goal for Austin FC. And uh, a, a, a result that was kind of expected. Um, I, I think that Austin is trying to ride that momentum at home and uh, try and uh, show they're for real with that home form. And losing, well, not losing, but not winning against a Seattle team that did play midweek down in Lyon um, is a little bit concerning from an Austin perspective, but still a good result against one of the better teams in the Western Conference. Austin, they're they're not for real. They're, they're not that 5 nothing winning team, okay? Austin is not that. They did play some weak teams in the beginning of the season. But they're still a very good team. A team that's going to fight with Minnesota. A team that's going to fight with Dallas. A team that's going to fight with RSL. They're going to fight for one of those playoff spots between 5 and 10. Right? They're going to be in that race. No doubt about it. So uh, good good atmosphere there at Q2 Stadium. Austin 1-1 draw against Seattle. Last game of the night. Last game of the week for MLS. Before we move on to the CONCACAF World Cup qualifiers. Uh, we've got LAFC with a thrashing of Vancouver. I had sent out a tweet earlier in the uh, in the day, early in the weekend, said, hey, I got a $100 free bet from DraftKings. What should I put it on? Which matchup? The fans, y'all did not let me down. Y'all said LAFC. That was my gut feeling, even though the winnings weren't great because they were such big favorites at minus 275. Doesn't matter. It's, it's easy money into the bank. LAFC goals from Hollingshead. Vela and Hollingshead again. A brace for Hollingshead. Crazy. Vancouver, though, did make me a little nervous. They get out into the lead. uh, Blackman gets the goal in the 12th minute, and you're thinking, oh, boy, Vancouver might spring an upset here. Nope, no no worries. LAFC's got this. Ramon was at the game as well. Appreciate you sending over those videos, Ramon. I have no way of getting them off Instagram into here. Uh, But uh, you know what? Very, very cool that 3252 is rocking, man. Rocking. And congratulations, LAFC. They they look like they are bouncing back from that bad season last year. Vela looks good. LAFC looks good. This team looks solid. Very good depth for this side. I am impressed with LAFC. I think they are going to be one of the top teams in the Western Conference when all is said and done. Now, Vancouver, on the other hand, God bless them, man. They're in trouble. This team does not look good at all. There is nowhere for this team to go. Nowhere for this team to go. I don't even know. Uh, this this looks like it could be possibly a wooden spoon type season for Vancouver. And the amount of talent they have on the field, they're too good for that. Dahomey is good. Cavallini is good. He's not great, but he's good. All right? Gold came over the number 10. He really did good things for Vancouver at the end of last season. This team has tons of talent. And they're just not showing it on the field. They're just not showing it. Vancouver, you got to figure it out. You got to figure it out real quick if you want any chance of making the playoffs this season because uh, it has been ugly to watch the soccer coming out of Vancouver so far. And uh, I'm sure that would make my wife, Allison, very, very happy. All right, that does it for the MLS games, guys. So a great week four. Bad for picks and predictions. 
Great week for exciting play and watching these games. Now we got to talk about the World Cup qualifiers. This coming up here on the on this starting up on Thursday. This is coming up very fast, very furious. The final window of World Cup qualification. I can't wait. This is it, man. We've been waiting for this for a long time. U.S. men's national team has been waiting for this opportunity at redemption for four long, painful years. Canada, surprising the world. Shouldn't even have been here with the old rankings and all that before COVID when they switched it up. Oh, I'm sure glad they did because the world got to experience Canada soccer blowing up. One of the biggest, best, brightest stories in world football today and has been for a while can't wait for these matchups now we'll be live for these ones before we get into the standings we'll be live on thursday for mexico and the united states of america on youtube cannot wait to see this matchup at the azteca united states going to mexico could they get a victory in mexico and really solidify their world cup qualification God, I hope so. I think they can do it. We'll talk more about it on my picks and predictions. But this is going to be a great, great matchup. All right, next up, we've got live number two coming up on the weekend, Canada and Jamaica. Now, as a note, we will be covering both the Canada-Costa Rica-Mexico-USA game at the same time during that USA-Mexico game, but I will be leading it as the USA-Mexico stream with the thumbnail and the details. Uh, But for the Canadian fans, you can still come hang out with me because I'll be watching the Canada game as well. Uh, But on the weekend, we got the uh, 3 o'clock start here for Canada and Jamaica at BMO Field. Can't wait for that party in Toronto. It's going to be a lot of fun. This uh, Either Canada's already going to be qualified for the World Cup or they're going to be able to qualify that night regardless of result. Even if they lose to Jamaica, they may still end up qualifying that night when they're partying at BMO Field. It's going to be awesome. It's sold out super quick at BMO. I can't freaking wait for that matchup. Then, right after that, we've got the United States of America hosting Panama in a big, big game for Panama and for the United States, depending on what the U.S. does in Mexico. But uh, we'll be live for that one. Lots of fun. United States against Panama should be a great Great game as well. All right, so now let's look at the standings, okay? Canada, number one, 25 points with a plus 14 goal differential. United States, looking good, 21 points, plus nine. Mexico, 21 points, plus six. This game at the Azteca is huge because of that goal differential. If if the United States loses to Mexico, that may put Mexico ahead of the United States based off that goal differential as well. So a huge, huge game coming up for the USMNT and for Mexico. Then you've got Panama sitting in fourth place in that playoff position. 17 points plus one differential. Right behind them, Costa Rica with the same goal differential and one point back. The rest of them eliminated. So this is a five-horse race for four spots. Technically, three spots automatic qualifiers one spot for that playoff against Oceania which I think if it's one of the three of Canada United States or Mexico they'll be able to blow the doors off the Oceania team most likely New Zealand or uh, I believe it's New Zealand however Panama or Costa Rica I think that would be a good game and I hope the CONCACAF side can get it done but you've got uh, you've got 25 points for Canada they're basically in they just need at least 
two, they need two points out of this entire window. If they get two, they're guaranteed to win the third spot because Panama, even if they win all three games and hit 26 points, Canada would be at 27 with two points out of this window. So two draws and a loss for Canada qualifies them automatically for the World Cup. So they're basically it. The real story, United States and Mexico, my God. I can't wait for this game. It is going to be a lot of fun. We'll be live for that one. Then, of course, we'll be covering the Canada-Costa Rica game as well uh, at the same time because they're kicking off both at 9 p.m. Central. It's going to be a lot of fun, though. Costa Rica is going to be balling, y'all. Canada's going to try and come out and win this thing and just get it over with before they head back to Toronto against Jamaica. But Costa Rica is going to try and win because Panama is right there breathing down there. Well, Costa Rica is right behind Panama, and they've got... Honduras there. So some good matchups there during we uh, the, the first window uh, or the first match day of the window. Then the second match day, Canada-Jamaica, Salvador against Costa Rica, USA-Panama. Big game for the United States. Can really put a stranglehold on World Cup qualification regardless of the result at the Azteca. And then Honduras and Mexico. Then on the 30th, which I have not decided which lives I'm going to do, I'll probably end up doing the USA and the uh, Canada game for those at the same time. But uh, this is going to be because you got Costa Rica and Panama. I'll probably be fighting it out there too. But uh, this window is going to be a lot of fun. I can't friggin' wait, guys. It starts up on Thursday. Again, don't forget, we'll be live on Thursday. Mexico, United States, the Azteca World Cup qualification. It does not get any fucking bigger than this. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I'm excited now. I'm excited now. And it ain't even it ain't even close to time yet. Still got three days to go. All right, guys. So that does it for this episode here, the weekly recap. I'll be live. Well, I won't be live. I'll be bringing you an upload of my picks and predictions. I'm going to do the entire cocky calf window. I'm going to do the entire window coming up tomorrow. Um, tomorrow night is when I will release it. And that will cover us through all the way through uh, for next week. Um, so, with that being said, we'll see you guys on Picks and Predictions for CONCACAF, and then we'll see you on Thursday night for that live USA-Mexico. Have a great night, everybody. We'll see you all soon. Have a great, enjoyable, enjoyable day and week, and we'll talk to y'all later.